All right, last week we, we talked about some of the weapons the enemy uses against us. Last week we uh, talked about exhaustion and fatigue, and he does. Uh, he certainly knows how to get us running and chasing our own tail. And this week we're going to address another one of these uh, enemy's favorite weapons, and, and that is confusion and uncertainty. Uh, that's part of the exhaustion and the fatigue gets you spinning, and then you start uh, questioning or getting confused, and you can't see clearly, and all this stuff is danger signs. The Lord has simple answers for all this, but we kind of get lost in it. We just forget about it, and, and so we want to just, again, attack one and then give the simple answer. So 1 Corinthians 9.26, now New Living Translation makes it a little simpler. Paul said this to the Corinthians, therefore I run thus. He's saying, okay, now check me out. This is how I run. He goes, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight. Here's how I fight. Not as one who beats the air. New Living says simply, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm just not shadow boxing. I have my eye on that target. And all that stuff's great, and I love it. But my question to you and I is today, but what do you do when uncertainty floods your life? All of a sudden, it can come from nowhere. It just does. And then it causes a, a hesitation. Uh, maybe just not so quick to obey the Lord or trust the Lord. And then eventually doubt comes in, comes flooding in. And then you're just kind of like no longer sure. And I would have to think, if you're honest, every once in a while, the Word of God looks like this to us. I mean, you can have it on your lap, you can have it marked in pink and yellow and all the various colors that you love to do, but sometimes it just seems blank. You're uncertain. And sometimes we have huge uh, situations or problems that need decision-making in front of us. And then the confusion comes in. Now look, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this. This is how you and I function while we're here on earth. For now we see through a glass, but it's dark. Like this pulpit. Dark, not clear, crystal clear glass. We see, we have a sense of the leading of God and kind of the understanding of this great unimaginable word of God that He's given us. But it's darkly. We don't have it clear, precise. So He says, uh, but we, um, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, when that then comes. He says, now I know in part, I don't have this down. I don't have every I dotted and every T crossed. I wish I could. I wish I always could be there for God. But I just kind of know in part. He goes, but then I shall know even as I am known. So we know that there's a time coming, but goodness, how about right now with these decisions I have? Whether it's this child, whether I move, whether it's this church... Whether what the doctor's saying, all the various things that come our way. Job says this. Now, New Living Test, uh, Translation again, and, and it's, at times life can be a, a, a land of gloom and confusion. It just can. It happens to us. So Job says, it is a land as dark as midnight. A land of gloom and confusion. Where even the light is dark as midnight. And that happens to a Christian. Don't pretend it doesn't. There's no S on your chest, super saint. I mean, it's only the Lord that can walk in it. But us, sometimes, even when I'm in the light, I feel like I'm in darkness. I feel like I'm still groping, even though I'm attempting to trust God. Circumstances, situation, deadlines, stress, pressure, bills, kids. Sometimes it's just, Lord, 
I don't even know if I'm going in the right direction. And that's the toll of the enemy. He tries to get you in that uncertainty and, and in confusion. And what he ultimately wants you to do is doubt God. Just out and out doubt him. And eventually walk away from God is what he wants. Psalmist says this, 4415. My confusion is continually before me. It just is. This uncertainty and the shame of my face hath covered me. Sometimes I can say, how can I be saved this long and still struggle with uncertainty and doubt? And I've told you many times, as long as I am saved, I thought, man, I'd be able to give uh, lessons on how to walk on water by now. But I, I just can't. It's, it's still, after all these years, sometimes you still struggle with uncertainty and, and doubt. And you get blindsided by a situation you weren't expecting or didn't even think would ever come. But it's come. And now you're like, Lord, what, what do I do? Oh, there was a phrase that they said right at the end of Friday night's movie. I loved it. The, the, who was here Friday night? Okay, you remember the line where she was saying, I don't understand. I'm always close to God, but I just can't hear God now. God's not speaking at this moment. Why? And I guess it was her grandpa. I'm not sure who he was in the part. And because she's a school teacher, and she said, anytime a teacher is giving a test, the teacher always remains quiet. Who's your teacher? It's the Lord. And so at times, it just does. He's just quiet. He doesn't back off because that's the word of God. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But see, then the enemy comes. See, God wants you to walk by faith, trusting him even when none of your senses are working, even when everything is screaming that it's the wrong thing to do, the wrong way to go. And uncertainty and doubt, and then the enemy screaming in your ear, has God said, Even in Acts 19.29, it says here one time, it says, And the whole city was filled with confusion. It looks like a lot of our nation right now, just folks after folks, everything just seems to be going insane and crazy. Life itself seems to get this way a lot of the times. Now, if it's not that way with you, God bless you. Really, the Lord bless you. Psalms 107.27 says this, they reel to and fro and stagger like drunk men and are at their wit's end. Now that word wit's end simply means your wisdom. You're at the end of it. Your skill, your ability maybe even to seek God or to understand the word of God. You can come to your wit's end. Just your skill and understanding, you just don't have it. Or your ability to try to fix things or, or however you figure things out in your life with your family or ways. You just come to a wit's end, or you just kind of, all your know-how is gone. Lord, I don't know what to do. Jeremiah 10, I always tell you, I love this scripture. I tell you a lot of it, because I read a lot of it all the time. It says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. I always tell myself, there ain't nothing in you that knows what to do. I mean, you, you just don't have it. God even says through Jeremiah, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. 
So there are situations and times I just come a lot of times and say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. How about Psalms 23, 4? We love Psalms 23, but how about that first part in verse 4? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes circumstances feel like that. They seem like they have a grip and a terror on you. They just do. You know, this valley of the shadow of death, it's literally there's a, it's, it's like a ravine overhung by high steep cliffs filled with dense, dense forests. It stirs the dread of the timid. I mean, I would be frightened in something like that. Kind of like from the, 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 that sleepy hollow woods type thing, the very scary thing, or Lord of the Rings, those woods, those forests. Where the enemy hides, you just know he's hiding in there. And that's what sometimes you have to walk through. The valley of the shadow. You swear you're alone. Psalms 55.5 tells us, Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Have you ever felt that? Maybe you could even, you're in a situation now. There's nothing worse than going to the doctor. And he gives you one of those, hmm. And then, you know, you got to go through this test, that test, and that test. And it's February, and maybe sometime in March you'll find out. So you, you, you got this horrible battle and rage on inside of your mind. From nowhere, all of a sudden, all this stuff. So the psalmist says, Fearness, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath over." Overwhelmed me. See, it's not unchristian to say you're overwhelmed. You know what it is? It's honest. It's truthful. Lord, I, I'm just overwhelmed. What's, what's the word say about that? Well, when your heart is overwhelmed, you've you got to admit it. At times I find myself in those situations. And that word overwhelmed, and he says, and horror hath overwhelmed me, that means besieged. It means blockade. It's like a roadblock. It's like you just can't go anymore. You just feel like you're, you're walking, but you're making no progress and no answer, nothing, no insight, no presence of God. It's like a blockade. The enemy loves to get us in this kind of stuff. Psalmist says, 143, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. Now these are true things that are in the Word for us to give us a, a, an understanding that this stuff happens to us. It's happened to them. The psalmist writing this. We would probably say, no, you know, we shouldn't write that negative stuff in the Word. I'm kind of glad it's in there. Well, I'd never be able to Line up or measure up or even understand. Don't these guys ever have a bad day? Did none of them ever doubt? Well, the psalmist said, not only that, man, my heart within me is desolate. means stunned, shocked, day, staggered. I can't, what? Many times I've said this to the Lord, how did I get here? As far as I knew, Lord, I was just trusting you and living for you. How on earth did I get in this situation? Sometimes you feel like you're way out on the limb, and all your senses and the enemy are back there with us all.
It's a scary place at times. It can be very confusing. And you become uncertain. And did God tell me? And did we make the right step? Well, we did pray, didn't we? What do you do when news does this to you? And it can. And it has. It has to us. Think kind of didn't, you know, you go, ah, you know, you get to our age, you're supposed to go to the doctor, whatever. Get everything checked up at least twice a year. You go in, fine, yeah, you come in, any problems? No, okay, see ya. You go in, fine, how you doing? Fine, how are you? Fine, okay, any problems? No, see ya. And you go in, hey, how you doing? Well, wait a minute, we've got to. And then everything changes. Everything, all your, everything goes up. And this kind of stuff, where should we turn? Psalms 88.4 says this. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. That's where at times we can feel. It's not true. None of that's true. But they're being truthful saying it. Just like I have. I told the Lord, I, I'm thankful that the word says you're the lifter of my head. Because I can't even lift my head right now. For whatever reason. Call me a sissy, then I'm a sissy. Times that just can't have no strength, Lord. And the enemy's always quick to tell you like he was to the psalmist. Hey, by the way, buddy, there's no help for you in God. There's no help for you. You've been here one too many times. God's up here with you. Now, I know that's not true, but many times it's, I feel like it. Lots of times I've told God, I said, God, can I just not end up with egg on my face? Because you always come through. You always take care of me. I'm, I always make it through. But sometimes I just want to go to bed and sleep, not worry and doubt, fret, or get up and pace, or be like this. What's, what's going to happen? Why can't I just sleep in the presence of God and faith and trust in God? Wouldn't that be awesome? This flesh, this sickness. Second Chronicles 20 says this. It happened after this that the people of Moab. So you got all this very stuff going on, okay? So it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and all the others besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, There's a great multitude has come against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And there they are in Hazar Tamron. So now, now he got this great news army coming against you. Now, our nation is freaking out. I mean, I'm kind of glad that the presidency went the way it went, which I'm still shocked and stunned, but I'm kind of glad. But nothing has really been, it's even kind of worse. It's, it's crazy what's happening to our nation. So Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. That's the number one key. That stuff comes on you. You're being spun. Sometimes, you know, up and down, left and right. Remember when uh, John Kennedy Jr. died in the plane crash? He swore he was going up to, to get away from the water. But all the time, he's doing like this. Instruments were screaming at him to pull up, but he trusted his senses and feelings hit the water going 200 miles an hour. 
That's us. It's what the enemy does to us. You have to trust the instruments. Not your feelings. Not your senses. Your eyes scream. This is as dark as it's ever been. You're done for. You're done for. And you're, you're going like this in the things of the Lord. You swear like the enemy swears like you're going like this. You must fly by the instruments. Look what Jehoshaphat said after he prayed and set himself to seek the Lord. In verse 12, different translation says this. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. I don't at times. Remember all that positive confession stuff? Look, I just simply say, Lord, I don't have the strength to handle this. Situations, people come to see me, their lives in total disarray. You think I have a drawer? Okay, A, B, C. Disarray. Disarray. Read this, everything's fine. No, I'm going, Lord, only you can take, only you can make the crooked straight. Only you can do that, Lord. I can't. So, say, Lord, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, look now, but our eyes are upon you. That's where you need to be today. And if they're not, get them on them. Get them off the world. Get them off the circumstances. Get them off the children. Get them off yourself, by all means. Get them on the Lord. Get them back on the Lord. Now, I know that that's a fight and that's a struggle. Because we are, we are just so carnal. We just love feeling and seeing and touching things. But this is a walk of faith. And God is telling you, I know that the army is vast. And I know that you're surrounded. And I know there's no way out for you. But get your eyes on me. Here, Jehoshaphat, a king, standing before his, before his people, openly confessed that he didn't have the answer. He's saying their only answer was to trust God. That's where you're at. It doesn't matter what or if nothing, or for at least maybe an hour, things are okay with you, which is wonderful, but they won't be for long. Just the iron sharpeneth iron, and the sparks fly upward, and we're living in a fallen world, an antichrist world. So the only answer was to trust God and his power and his goodness for you, that he would protect you. And nothing else. And that's what Jehoshaphat was saying. We have no strength. We have no ability. We have one tank. They have a thousand. One Corinthians fourteen thirteen says, "For God is not the author of confusion." So if you find yourself in uncertainty, if you find yourself hesitating and doubting and, and confused, you've been deceived. You've been tricked by the enemy. Because God says in his instruments, he's saying, hey, this is not for me. This is not for me. This is not for me. Confusion is not for me. Here's a big key. And it has to be you. No one can do this for you. Psalms 121.1 says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. See, I could preach the word of God, trust it's being anointed, all right? The whole 
key of that first verse I just read is, I will. When we get to the altar time, it's you, you have to decide. You have to say, you know what, I, I sense this, I feel this, I've been hesitating, I've been doubting, I just don't, I'm not clicking like I should with the things of God. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Our worship time, our praise time is not a time filler. It's not to entertain you at all. It's to get you. Here's how we come in after oh, life and the news and work and your paycheck wasn't as big as you thought. And, this, and then the worship starts. It's got to lift back into the thing from whence cometh your help. Your help doesn't come from your job. It doesn't come from Trump. It doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from your wife. It doesn't come from your husband comes from the Lord, Almighty God. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, for whence cometh my help. And we're quickly going to go to Psalms 137.1. Here's a group of people like maybe us that says, Here we are by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. Yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. Here's people who took their eyes off of God. Took their eyes off of Him. Lost a desire to worship and praise, which I believe when you worship and praise, God gives you wings as eagles, and you soar above your problems, way above. And the crows that like to cock at the eagle, all he does is go up, see it, because they can't go that high. They cannot get that high, and he just soars above them while they're down. That's what God will do with praise and worship him. And it's by faith. So there they are. They're sitting down. They're weeping. They're crying. And verse 2 says, We hanged our harps up upon the willows in the midst thereof. And I can hear the enemy saying, We got them. We got them now. Because I don't know. Do you believe the word? Because the word says, God will inhabit the praises of his people. Now, I'm not talking about singing. You can all sing. Hallelujah. Hell, or you can worship God. You can praise Him when you sing the same song. And God says, I will inhabit the praises of my people, and you will sense the current and the blessing of God, and up you'll go. And you'll be renewed in strength, like the eagle gets renewed in strength. And they're awesome, the eagles. So we hung our harps up, the willows, in the midst thereof, no more worship. For there they carried us away captive, required of us a song. And they started to mock them. And they that wasted us, saying, "This, uh, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, our land's getting pretty strange. It's not the America I grew up in. And it's probably not going to go back to that. One of our greatest weapons for uncertainty and confusion and doubt is to worship and praise and to trust Almighty God by faith. Remember, the psalmist said, I will. I can't do it for Kevin. Kevin's got it in his own heart say, I will, God. I will. Back to that Psalms 121, it says, 
I will lift up my heels unto the, lift up my eyes unto the hills for whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Think of that. We go over too fast. My help's coming from a dude that made heaven and earth. Made it. Spin it. Axis. Tilted 23 degrees. Keeping all you walking straight on it. Breathing. Life. Breath in your air. Made it. I mean, just say tree. And then you can go through how many thousands of trees? Bird. Bird. And there's all kind of birds. My help comes from that guy that made all that. That. If you, we read things too quickly. My help cometh from the Lord. And the psalmist said, by the way, he made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He's not. Man, I get exhausted and worn out, sore and tired. And sometimes a text will come to my phone. And it's one of us that need help. And I go, oh, because I'm too tired. But Lord has never slumbered. He doesn't get like that at all. He's very attentive to every one of your pleas and cries out for him. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. This is the one you have to trust by faith. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even and evermore. But the key is, I will. I will, God. You can come in like this, and you can leave like this. It's up to you. Remember we did that study a long time ago? The chicken looks down, the eagle looks up. The eagle always is waiting for that lift, that storm. Here it comes. He looks at the storm as the way to get up even higher. We just kind of grubs and worms and good grief. Are we ever going to get out of here? Is anything good ever going to happen? It's the way we are without God. So remember Jeremiah's words. Hey, it's not in you to know. You can't even direct your own steps. How are you going to get out of something? You can't even direct your own steps. It's not even in you to know how to do it. What are you going to do? Just take a shot at it? Throw something up against the wall, see if it sticks. Spin the bottle or it points that way. South Carolina. Okay, wait, we'll move. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Genesis 12 says this. Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Leave everybody. Leave your whole family. Get out of where you've been living. Get out of everything that you've known. Unto a land that I will show you. That's your order from God. God didn't say, go down 95, 300 mile, 800 mile. You're there, you're going to find a nice place. He just said, get out. Go, and I will show you. Think of that. Think of that. Would you? Would you leave everything that's familiar, comfortable? And he, he doesn't know where he's going. You say, oh, God. Hebrews 11, 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. You have all the world's senses 
all the world smart, saying this is how you do it, this is the way you go, this is how you go. God says, get out of that, go this way. Anyone knows? I don't even know where I'm, is this the right way? Faith in him, putting your hand in him, trusting him over this, this, and all your senses and everything you see. Now, it's nice to just read it and say, yeah, cool, but would you? Jeez, not knowing. So today, this morning, by faith, you can come down to this altar and say, Lord, here is my hand. Lead me. Take my hand, God. Some of you want to get married. Some of you wish you weren't married. It's just true. Have you asked? Have you laid it out before God? Take my hand, Lord. You lead me. Are you going to go by your senses? Man, she's nice looking. No, Lord, you lead me. Lord, I think it would be awesome to live in Arizona. Dry heat. None of this weird weather. Have you asked? Have you asked the Lord to lead you and to guide you? Did you ask God to... Genesis 13.10 says this. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere. Listen to this. Like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. Looked like the garden of Eden. Abram's saying, Lot, pick. And Lot's going, oh my God, what? Look at that. That's where I want to go. How'd it turn out for Lot? He should have, the rest of it says, um, this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It looked outstanding to the natural man, making a natural decision with your natural intellect, which we fall into too much, instead of the instruments. Lot's going, oh, this is awesome. God's going, pull up, pull up, pull up. Never heard it. You know, that funny little story, it cost people's lives. Family members, lives. Because he didn't follow the instruments and followed his senses and feelings in a moment of not knowing where to go. Man, 84, we came to Zanesville, Ohio, a forced move because of work. Now, you tell me, if someone's going to pull up roots, make a move, move their four children and their wife, who in the name of the Lord would pick Zanesville? I mean, what do we do when we're, well, if we're forced to make a move? I mean, you look California, Arizona, North, South Carolina, Florida, Zanesville. I'm from Pittsburgh. It sounded like Texas. It sounded like cowboys. Zanesville. It, it just did. There's no way. 
I've told you before, my fingerprints or, or claws are still in 70 west, if you can see them, because I was not a want to go there at all. Zanesville from Pittsburgh. I was going by this and by this. I was serving the Lord in Pittsburgh for a number of years, maybe a dozen years. I can't remember how long. And when I was coming this way, forced because of work, back when Jimmy Carter was president, prime interest rate was 21%. Working in steel mills with 13,000 employees that were shutting down. I didn't want to come here. And I also thought, that's it. That ministry's over. Any desire, any heart, any, anything, it's, it's over. That's what my natural senses were telling me. Lot trusted his natural feelings and his natural sight. He trusted them. You and I walk too much in our natural feelings. We do. Just be honest, we do. Hebrews says this, let us labor. It's not like a flippant toss of a coin, head we go tell. No, it says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Labor. It's a battle. Battle the mind. Controls the mind as it goes on. Has God said? Has God said? Can I do this? What should I do? I don't know. Everything goes blank. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. God is saying to you and I today, the rest is there. How's your track record been without God? You know, it's baseball season, so they go trading on all this kind of... So they look at the pitcher, and he goes, well, he won 15 and lost three, so you won him. But how's your one loss in life and decision-making well, he's, he's 2 and 18. Well, who's going to pick that guy up? Outside of the Lord. Our, our nation doesn't want losers. But God takes us when we're like this and does something wonderful. So I'm saying the rest is there. God does not force it upon you. He will not force you down to this altar. We must enter that rest. Labor. Because the battle rages inside of you. Do you want to trust God or not? Remember, I told you many times, many times, the world calls you crazy if you hear voices. I don't. I say you're crazy if you don't hear voices. You got the voice of the enemy saying, sit there, get out of this church, don't ever come back. And the flesh is saying, ah, you're all right. And God is saying, that's you. Get down there. Give me your hand. Put your hand in my hand. Let me lead you where I say you should go. Even after I was in Zanesville, I tried to get out of Zanesville. I did. I had people inquiring about me and wanting to hear. That's back when cassette tapes and I'd send them cassette tapes. They seemed real pumped. They sh- Remember, they sent me pictures of their church and how big it was and how cool. And I was like, Yo, this is awesome, God. You're awesome. 
And a month later, my tapes came back. I opened it up. Thanks, but no thanks, is what they were saying. I was like, God, what's going on? Why, Lord? I just want to serve you. I had no idea of this, no idea of you, no idea what the Lord was going to do. I'm thinking this is, the heck, Zanesville's got, what, 101 churches? Well, let's make it 102. (laughs) Made no sense, none at all. So clearly, this rest that you are to enter in today is by faith. It isn't by anything you're sensing or feeling or, you know, what just happened. It's, it's by faith that you're saying, I'm going to fight this fight by faith. I'm not going to go by my sight, senses, or feeling. I'm going to put my hand in the hand of Almighty God and say, Lord, where you lead me. And then all of a sudden, God, and it probably won't be where you want to go. Through your circumstances and situations and marriages and children, work, this is what I'm talking about. When I finally did get here and finally did get a job and was finally thankful, then I would say, okay, go, this is awesome. I want that job. I don't want over there. That's where I got. That's where all the guys, how I used to act, worked. It's crazy. So let us labor. That word labor means to endeavor and to make an effort, as this altar call is getting close. You have to decide. Remember, it's by faith. It's totally by faith. You are coming to this altar today. You're going to tell the Lord, Lord, take my hand. You lead. And I believe the Lord is calling you today to obey that. I felt it all week, had a very long, exhausting week. Struggling to get the Word of God out, struggling to get a feel for where God wanted me to go, struggling with just my physical body and sleep and rest and everything. But I do believe with all my heart that the Lord is calling to you to say, Give me your hand. Trust me. And I will lead you. Let's stand. Like last week, stumbled across an old song that I've been playing all week. Every time I play it, I think I turn it up louder and louder. So I inquired of the guys and told them, please put it on the screen. This word, the song again, is not to entertain you. Read those words make that decision to follow Christ no matter what it is even if it's something you love put it on the altar and say God you lead me take me by the hand